welcome back to another edition of Jory Sports Stories. I'm your host, Jory, and today, once again, we'll be covering NFL shenanigans, Week 13 style. And this week, we are back with the drama and the extraness with firings, shots being fired, and even a tie. Join, join me as I fish through it all with my grill for some teams, our hot takes and analysis, a new edition of Jory's Jacked Up Tears, and more. Follow along and let's dive in. First off, we have who's on the grill. And today, my mic and my grill are both hot. As we light some teams up, well-deserved due to play. So let's get to grilling. Tighten up, Buttercup. And really... The main issue with this Tennessee Titans teams is that it absolutely is played with it by its offensive line. It's horrible. And I'll put some names out there. I'm not scared of smoke or whatnot. Because the offensive line is the reason why they can't get the run game going, why the pass game looks kind of iffy sometimes, and why the defense can't stay off the field because... The offense can't sustain drives. Or when we do, we don't score. Doesn't make sense. But Dennis Domenis Daly is absolutely not a good quality offensive lineman in this league. He looks like a fish out of water. And the next time I have to see him manually get handled like that, I'm going to lose my stuff. And we've probably understood that the Titans have fired John Robinson. And I've kind of put together, like, reasons why I think, my personal opinion. But I'm going to grill it. Because the roster mismanagement, this roster mismanagement that's been going on for the past two or three years, it's leaked to the field. Which is why the offensive line is horrible. Which is the Titan size issue at the hand. Because the constant misses at the O-line since you let Roger Saffold walk. And you didn't get good death for an injury-prone Taylor Lewan. You didn't foresee that, but whatever. Which is proven to be the mistake. Because when you take into account that the left side of that line has been the issue pretty much all year since Taylor Lewan has went down. You traded away your best receiver. You drafted some notorious bust, i.e., Isaiah Wilson. Most of that has probably led to J-Rob's firing in the direction of the roster. Because people understand you can't win with that type of offensive line that can't do anything. You really can't. Because if the offensive line could protect anything, they'd be able to score. And she sent a message that we know that the winning the division and being a tough out ain't good enough. Tighten up, Buttercup. Tighten up. And I've been, this next person situation, I like to call it Mario the Mayhem. Because I've seen enough. I've been trying to hold off on saying this, but quite frankly, I've seen enough. It really might be time to bench Marcus Mariota. He doesn't make little mistakes. He makes huge ones. And 
to understand the kind of stuff that Falcons fans and Titans fans have been looking at with him, he has three modes of gameplay. MVP Marcus, not shabby Marcus, and Marcus Garbage Oda. He's too inconsistent. We never know which Marcus is going to appear. And it trickles. It has a trickle effect to the rest of the team. It's fun to watch. This team, the Falcons, literally should be first in the division. Tampa's not that good. We know what the Saints are. And let's face it, the Panthers are trash. The reason why they're not first in the division is because inconsistent quarterback play and maybe some softness on the defense, but whatever. And I'm just going to be the one to say it. This next situation, I know it's aggravating, not just me, but everybody else. Well, not everybody else, but a lot of people. Odell Mania, this is looking like an, a long, drawn-out publicity stunt, if you ask me. Because let's break it down. We're making visits like recruiting trips. You got grown men acting like groupies. And on top of the fact that you might not even be ready to play this year. So that for a team to sign you, most of it would apply to next year. So why not focus on being in prime optimal condition because you're already kind of injury prone instead of the this barrage of attention? Make it make sense. And the Saints are definitely cooked. I've been waiting to say this my whole life. The Saints are cooked. They have good moments, but they still can't get it right. You still got ball security issues. Your offense is iffy at best. Your defense is vulnerable to big plays. And you can't keep the quarterback upright. And your running backs fumble at the goal line. You're not scoring very well. And then... In general, your quarterback room is garbage. Hot garbage. Saints got some work to do. Within the next few years, hopefully. Now we're on to hot hands and hot takes with commentary on the drama from around the league this week. So let's dig in. I sincerely believe that the Chargers, and this is going to be a really long, drawn-out idiom, metaphor, metaphor. I sincerely believe that the Chargers have a bad battery in their machine. But which one is it that's causing the team to be flat and dead at times? Is it the injury battery? Is it... That the coaching battery might be on 75%. What about the defense battery? We know that's about on 20% because the defense ain't that good. But when you have suboptimal batteries, and when you can expect a, a brief suboptimal performance before all the batteries fail and sputter out, which we wouldn't want to happen because what happens to dead batteries once they go dead? You either get changed or you get charged. Now, we've been trying to charge these batteries. Now, it's, I think it's time to change the batteries. If we're being completely honest. Next, and this is how fast life comes at you. 
You could win a Super Bowl one season and then completely cooked the next. And somehow make it worse because you end up with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. Rams, welcome to your take. I mean, let's talk about what's happened this year. Your offensive line so far has gotten Stafford hurt. You can't run the ball. You have the 30th ranked rushing attack in the league. There's 32 teams. Um, You're averaging 16.8 points per game, which is a little bit over two touchdowns and a safety. When your defense gives up 23.3 points a game. And let's talk about your defense while we're playing. Your defense isn't the same as it was last year or as it was 10 months ago. And let's just face it, the secondary is really washed and soft, and Ramsey is actually cooked. And we're on a four-game losing streak in which you barely look competitive. And then you got 19 turnovers in 13 games. We could put this season in the trash and try this again next year because we need to get healthy, recalibrate, reconfigurate. We try to get some more creativity in the building because they can't do anything. They're done. And with Houston and all their issues, my biggest question with them is how do you bench the quarterback Do a lot worse without him, which in all honesty, I'll admit, I didn't think that was humanly possible. And then to reinstate him as a starter a week or two later. In a game that you'll probably still lose. This team has no sense of direction. And I have a feeling that Lovey will be gone at the end of the season. Because they got a lot of work to do. And let's talk about another bird. Let's talk about the Cardinals. Because in all honesty, they aren't much better than the Rams. The difference. Here's the biggest difference between the Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams have football turmoil. And what I mean by football turmoil is like, They can't figure it out on the field or planning is not right or something logistics that goes with football. They have that type of turmoil. The Cardinals have the beginning stages of what I like to call mismanagement and dysfunction as well as football turmoil. The Cardinals... (sighs) Well, your Cardinals give up almost 30 points a game, 31st in the league. That's not very good on the defensive part. Your offense averages 22 points a game, which is slightly better than 16.8. And we'll break it down even further. James Conner and Kyler Murray are the only two viable running options, and Kyler Murray has been injured as of lately. So... Where does that lead you? And 
DeAndre Hopkins can only do so much with what's turning into a childish, toxic situation because you have a quarterback that likes to put the blame on everybody else, that likes to argue with your coach on the sidelines, and they downplay it, but this team could be cooked soon too because they're always coming up, for the lack of a better word, short. They leave a lot to be desired. They have little to no creativity. They deserve that record that they got. And we go from one team that's completely about to hit rock bottom to another team that did hit rock bottom. And now they're on... Well, they didn't hit rock, rock bottom. But they're on the men. Let's talk about the Steelers. Because old Kenny Pickett is shaping up to be legit. And you begin to see why the Steelers drafted him. You even threw his bad growing pains. And it kind of eases the pressure off a young girl. Cut a horse. It eases the pressure off your young quarterback. When you have a running back like Najee Harris. Running like a madman. Improving every week. I mean, the whole offense is improving every week, rather either visibly or more subtly. And then you got the blossoming of this George Pickens character into a talented walking air black Air Force. And I love it. That man is a walking, talking black Air Force one. And they're pay- playing better complimentary football. And you keep the defense off the field. Oh, my goodness. And back to another. And we're going to talk about another team in their division. Their division, Because an already struggling, somewhat struggling Ravens team is about to lose Lamar Jackson for about one to three weeks. They could be in trouble. Because granted. They haven't been scoring real regardless with Lamar Jackson. And now you take it away. It could be more limited. And then we'll be saying what the same things we've been saying all year. We don't trust this defense in late game situations, especially the secondary. Because you could throw your way back into a game against them. Your passing game has definitely been downgraded because you don't have Bateman anymore right now. But this team has been kind of flat for the past two or three weeks to be completely honest and it's time to start looking at them now on to another team that could be something in the next few years the Giants are clearly missing a few pieces because what I'm seeing with the Giants is that Daniel Jones and Barkley are your workhorses while everybody contributes in their own way the only problem I have with that is the quarterback Because Daniel Jones is what he is. He's inconsistent. He's a gunslinger, which he can throw a lot of picks too. And then your offensive line is inconsistent with run blocking as well. Secondary could use some work. But the Giants absolutely have a foundation going on. I believe in Brian Dable. He could turn that team around. And... Because I'm just going to talk about the Commanders because both the Giants and the Commanders tied, which could have implications for the playoff pictures. We'll talk about that later. But the Commanders need to minimize the mistakes and inefficiencies, to be honest. 
because your corners couldn't prove. And you're running the ball pretty well. And your receivers can get open. I just need some a little bit better quarterback play. I'm going to give Heineke a few more weeks before I drop the hammer on him too. But they do play well. The defense plays well. And your offense is starting to click with Terry McLaurin. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. And because we've been seeing some bad football, let's talk about bad football teams that aren't on the grill this time. And while the Jaguars can absolutely compete sometimes, they don't look competent half the time. They don't look like a competent NFL team sometimes, which explains their record now and previously. Let's just put it in perspective. Your defense can't get off the field on third down. Detroit did not punt, and they hung 40 on them. Your defense leave a lot to be desired in all phases. Defensive line, secondary, linebackers. Your offensive, your offense has its flashes with Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne. Etienne? Yeah, one of them. But Travis Lawrence will throw a pick, and they don't score very well or often either. That's the Jaguars' problem. I feel like once the Jaguars can get it together, it might be next year, it might be the year after. I feel like there's some pieces in there that really don't need to be in the league. But we're going to forget what I said about that, but I feel like the Jaguars could be on their way up within the next two to three years. And the Jets' defense, along with a lot of defenses in the league, Cannot overcome offensive incompetence. You're struggling to produce even with Wilson. So Mike White struggling back there. Has nothing to... The offense is struggling. You clearly miss Brees Hall. Clearly. The offense can get rolling, but they have issues getting into the end zone. What's the point of getting it rolling if you can't roll into the end zone? And the Raiders are getting together, albeit late. Week 14. And y'all just now looking like the team I thought y'all was going to look like in week three. Consistent cars making an appearance, and so is the defense. Raiders can mess around and make them playoffs if they keep clicking and keep winning, keep doing what they're doing. And don't let the Packers' knack of being inconsistent fool you. Two to three games, four games is not throw away the other ten or whatever. But what I will say is that Christian Watson is growing into his own, though. But there's still a lot of unanswered questions surrounding this team, like the motivation of your quarterback, the willingness to return of the quarterback. Until questions like these get answered, the Packers won't be going anywhere. And we're just going to stick to the NFC North, which clearly belongs to the Vikings, who have ran all but ran away with it.
and when they click and play with confidence, they're very hard to beat. And they don't usually fold when they're down. That the Dallas game was an anomaly. And they score when they can, and they have their pieces. Another team in the NFC North that we need to stop doubting is Detroit. They can score. The only thing that stops Detroit is the secondary and golf being golf sometimes. But he hasn't been golfing it up like he has as of lately. So they've been more consistent. They've been able to score more. So the NFC North now is about to become a very interesting division with the Packers seeming to fall out of favor and then the rise of the Bears that's looming. Believe me, all the Bears really need is a competent offensive line. And those pieces don't come easy. You either hit them or you miss them. Which get folks fired, but that's full circle. That was Hot Hands and Hot Takes, and now we're on to this week's edition of Jory's Jacked Up Tears. And we do have quite a bit of shuffling around within the tears this week, so let's stick around to find out. First things first, for Jory's Jacked Up Tears, we have our Dungeon Dwellers. dungeon dwellers i don't feel like these dungeon dwellers will move any time of this this season they i don't feel like they'll be moving up towards the tiers um the rams new orleans saints texans jaguars broncos the colts and the panthers they're just bad teams man the records speak for themselves. They are where they are, and that's why they are where they're ranked. Then these next few teams, I still have them as being bad, but it could be worse. So teams like the Bucks, the Packers, the Chargers, the Jets, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Bears. It could always be worse, and don't think it couldn't, because they could be a dungeon dweller just like some of their counterparts. But they have a few things that I feel like they need to fix. A few things. And then these next few teams, they're under the thing of clean it up. Because if they don't clean it up, bad things will happen. Teams such as the Raiders, the Lions, the Giants, the Commanders, the Titans, even though they should be clear-cut heavy haters because I believe they'll come out of that division, but they need to clean it up as well if they want to be successful. The Giant, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Ravens, the Patriots. All of these teams have minuscule issues, or they could be major issues if they don't fix them soon, that they just need to clean it up in order to actually punch, push them over the hump to get closer towards the championship. And when I say that, I'm literally talking to the Titans. I'm literally speaking to you two. Well, if anybody's 
watching that and they can get a word in for me. Please tell them. Clean it up. And now we got a clear-cut heavy hitters. And these teams are clearly the favorites. They're either the media darlings or they're playing very well. The Bills, Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Chiefs, Dolphins, Bengals, 49ers. These are heavy Super Bowl favorites, and they probably won't leave from that spot unless they absolutely do a collapse or a crumble, which I'm actually on note for with the Vikings and the Cowboys because I feel like it's due soon. So, we'll be watching the Vikings and the Cowboys for a little bit closer now. And now... We go on to our playoff predictions, and I have a few extra bonus takes that I forgot and hot hands and hot takes that I wanted to get out. So, let's stick around for that. And now for some quick playoff notes. Um, the Raiders and the Chargers could sneak in. The Broncos won't be, obviously. Um, and the Commanders and Giants make it interesting with a tie. They really do. Because I feel like if the, any one of them were going to make it, it has to be only one of them. Both of them can't make it at this point because they tied. So good job on the coaching staff for both of y'all. And let's just face it, the South divisions are horrible. Let's talk about the NFC South. The Bucks are leading, but they shouldn't be. The Falcons should be because the only reason why they're not leading is inconsistent quarterback play. But whatever. Now let's go to the AFC South. Three of the AFC South teams are in the dungeon dwellers. The Tennessee Titans are always going to come out on top. As long as them three are horrible. But I feel like the Titans legit could be a good team, though. They just got to get smarter with their roster. And let's just say that the NFC East is loaded. The AFC East is top-heavy. Because you know what you're going to get from three of the teams. You don't know what you're going to get from the Patriots. But in all honesty, I feel like with the way that the, the season is going, I feel like it could either be the 49ers I feel like it could be another Super Bowl rematch, to be honest. That's 49ers versus the Chiefs. Or we could do 49ers versus the Rams. Not Rams. Um, not Rams. I definitely misspoke because the Rams are horrible. 49ers versus the Bills. Or we could do an interesting combo of um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia and the Chiefs. Philadelphia and the um, Bills. Could happen. Could happen. And now for some of my mistakes. And I know that Denver got to be second guessing giving that man that money like that. Nine points. Nine points, man. And the problems in Denver, it's not even all Russell's fault. <laughs> 
He's just blaming. He's taking the blame because they gave him that money. And he hasn't been playing necessarily well. But at the same time, could you expect this? Because it's a new year, new head coach, a rookie head coach, new system. Russell ain't accustomed to sitting in the pocket. He accustomed to making it work himself. So with that set of circumstances, you telling him to make Russ cook and he can't cook and the stuff gets burnt because of coaching. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals might be the team to beat in the AFC North. I forgot I didn't talk about them very much. But they're starting to hit their stride and become very scary as well. Couple of things to couple of extra things to look out for. Just a couple of extra tidbits. We've reached the conclusion of another edition of Jory Sports Stories. So I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Jory Sports Stories. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's unload of week 13's activities. As always, if you like what you heard, feel free to share the podcast and let's grow the audience. And for more, follow our socials and stay tuned for next week's edition of Jory Sports Stories. That's all for this week and I'll see you guys next time.